Hey everyone, welcome to The Start. I'm your host, Patrick Johnson, and this week we're with Yaron Schoen. Some of you may know him from Twitter as Yarcom. That's Y-A-R-C-O-M. Um, that's actually how I found out about Yaron. And it's, you know, it's it's interesting because in this in this talk, in this conversation, um, we sort of get to the point at which I figured out who he was, and that was when he was leading design, the New York design team at Twitter and helping them build a team and stuff. But there is a lot of backstory that led up to that point and when he was working at Twitter. But nevertheless, I found out about Yaron while on Twitter, while he was working at Twitter. Um, and I followed him ever since, and I've probably chimed in here or there as a random, you know, Twitter stranger in his Twitter commentary and stuff. Uh, but I was really, really happy to have him on the show. He is not old at all, but he's got a lot of experience in the industry. Um, and what's even cooler to me is that he was born and raised in New York City and then moved out of New York, moved to Israel, uh, lived, and that's actually where he started his professional career. So that was really, really cool to hear not only um, some some life experience about New York City, what it was like growing up in the 80s and 90s here, also what it was like growing up in a totally different country, um, and then starting work in that country. And uh, Yaron, he's he's done a lot. You know, it's it's really to me, it's really cool. Uh, we we bring this up, and actually, he's friends with Carl Stanton, who was a guest on one of the past seasons. But both of them grew up grew up and and entered the quote unquote industry at a time in which it was still very young and still very new, and it wasn't as um, defined as it is now, or it just it it feels very complete. Yaron uh, makes a really good point. Uh, he references uh, something David Bowie said that at one point music was rebellion, and then it became normalcy. Right? Um, it was a moment in which people would rebel against the man, and then it got so commonplace that it became a a, a normal thing. Right? Like a place you go to work in. And when he entered the internet industry, the web industry, uh, it was at that point a place of rebellion. Um, and some would argue it still is. Some would argue that it isn't. Doesn't really matter right now. Uh, but we have a really good conversation about his life, um, about some of the things he started, some of the things he's left. Uh, generally speaking, it's very clear that he is more than happy and more than willing to go out on his own and take those risks to start things. He's done that actually a few times in his life. But he also has, you know, he's not he's not completely jaded. Uh, he doesn't have a very narrow scope on this. He understands the rest of the industry and sort of the state of things and the directions that they're moving in and that kind of stuff. So I'm harping on one point, and I'll make this incredibly clear. He's been doing this for now for about like 15 years, and it's very obvious. He's lived it. He's breathed it. Um, and he definitely has his finger on the pulse, and he knows what's going on while still, you know, maintaining his own identity and being himself and enjoying his own pursuits. I, I don't really know what else to say other than it's like it's getting warm around here. I've had a lot of fun recording these episodes, especially this one. Oh, here's <laughs> here's the big part that I almost missed. So Yaron uh, came over to my apartment and we recorded and it was going really, really well. And, and at one point I had brought him a book uh, because he mentioned, you know, he grew up in New York City and this book is called Back in the Day. It's by Jamal Shabazz. And it's a photography book, and it's just New York in the 70s and into the early 80s and stuff. And I just want to show, show it to him because some I have and I like. And as I'm turning the book to hand it to him, I knock over a glass of water, which knocks over my computer. So I've spazzed out. And basically what ended up happening was we lost that audio track, so then we had to restart. So in the beginning, you'll hear me mention that we 
already did a take one and, and it was ruined by water. Hopefully Steph, the fantastic person who helps edit the, and, and turn these pieces of audio into masterpieces. Um, hopefully she can save it. Maybe she can't, I'm not entirely sure, but anyways, we had some conversation prior that we make mention to, and that happens. And yeah, moral of the story, don't spill water on your computer. Um, fuck stuff up. But so far, my computer is going well. Pray for it. Cross your fingers. Whatever you do. Um, but yeah, so this is uh, my episode with Yaron Schoen. Um, I hope you all enjoy it. It was a really fun conversation. Before we get to the episode, the same, you know, admin kind of things that I always ask you guys to do and help out with, which is uh, share, rate, review the episode. Share it with your friends. Review it. Rate it. Whatever. It helps. It's very helpful. And I'm very appreciative of you to do it. Um, if you want to reach out, you can hit me up on Twitter, the start FM. Um, but yeah, that's all I got. Here's my conversation with Yaron Schoen. This is the start. Welcome to the start. Your own welcome. Ooh. Um, Thanks. This is take two for all the listeners. The first take uh, ended very quickly because I spilled water on my computer. I spilled water on the computer. It's still working. Yeah, that's... Which so actually is miraculous. Blessing in disguise. Um, so, all right. You, listeners, we're going to cut right into it. Um, I, to give a brief recap of what we've already discussed, I, uh, quote unquote, met Yaron or became aware of his existence via Twitter. He was working at a company and he just gave me this backstory. He, uh, briefly, he was working at a company that was acquired by Twitter, which helped Twitter open their New York office. Um, and I found out who he was because he was a designer at Twitter. And then him and I have a bunch of a few mutual friends. One is Johnny Hallman, who's been on the show. Um, and now that I know that, you know, Johnny and that you played basketball, I am going to bother you until you come out and play oh, basketball. No, with us. no, no. Well, let's repeat the the, the name of the, the team. Yes, it's Bad Brooklyn Basketball. And I am not good enough for that Bad Brooklyn Basketball. I, I used to be good. I used to be. I used to play uh, high school uh, basketball. I, I think you're better than you think you are. I haven't played for 20 years, so I'm probably not as good as you think I am. For, for what it's worth, and this will be my last two cents on it because I don't want to be too pushy, mm-hmm. um, it is experience levels of all experience levels that play with us. Some can barely dribble a ball. Uh, I've played basketball my entire life. So, you know, I've always played. Johnny's always played. So I still would invite you out when it's a nicer day, right? Well, I I like indoors. So, Oh, that's true. Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. I wouldn't mind indoors, but then maybe I can just don't tell Johnny because he's going to nag as well. Mm -hmm. Hi, Johnny. Hey, Johnny. Um, All right. So uh, as we were talking about before, you grew up in the city and you grew up in the city in the 80s. That's right. And you were telling me the Lower East Side was like trash cans on fire. That's right. That's right. So it was, well, the 70s was trash cans on fire. I was born in 79. So I kind of missed the trash cans on fire, but it was still rubble. 
Yeah. I mean, my parents didn't let me go to the Lower East. Um, and where do you, what, what neighborhood did you grow up in? Upper East Side. Okay. Well, that's, I mean, that's pretty far. Like if you take your, your exist, you know, growing up as a kid, move that to the suburbs, going from where you live to the Lower East is still a couple miles. Well, uh, yeah, it's still, how about it's half an hour in, in yeah, the subway. It's, it's far. So if you were like, mom, dad, I want to, if you lived in the suburbs, you're like, mom, dad, I want to bike to this. They're still going to say no. Right. It's still pretty far. Yeah. I wouldn't, I don't know if that, I would, I would, I don't know if that's a good comparison though. Because, All right. That's yeah. fair. Cause I mean, we would just like, for example, it will take me, my, my buddy lives in Queens right now. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, and he needs to get to like, um, what is it? Um, twenties. Yep. That's further away than what it was. That, for, yeah. That's fair. It's a fair point. It's a big city. Yeah. It seems like it's a small city. It's kind of big actually. Yeah. Um, you know, it's, it, it, I think it, it's hard to tell because, um, Subways take like there's time. Subways just take long. (laughs) Yeah. So I, you know, we're in my also listeners. We are recording in my apartment this time since uh, your own lives so close. But I'm off of the Bergen stop of the F. My office is Fulton Street, the Fulton stop on the A. So it's Bergen to J Street, transfer to the A from J Street to High Street to Fulton. So it's very close. That's close. On a if 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 all if I get down there, train comes. Get off, jump on the A. If everything's seamless, 10 minutes less. Nice. If there's traffic, 45 minutes. And I'm like right. 90, I'm maybe half a mile away. Right. So it's like, for me, it's always been really difficult to gauge distance in New York because it might take you an hour to go somewhere uh, that on any other day might take 15 minutes. Right. Well, so, I mean, I'm lazy. So I, I take <laughs> I take the A on Skimmerhorn. Okay. Yeah. And yeah. then I just take one stop. And switch to the F because I need the F really. Where does that take you? A J. Oh, you match. Okay, so we do the opposite basically. Right. Yeah. But I, I drop off my kid at school and then I take if I'm dropping her off, which mm-hmm. I am actually now every day. So I don't do that anymore. I actually go and take the F from Bergen. So we okay. take the same. Nice. Um, same and where's thing. Compass's office? Um, it is um, in Union Square. Oh, that's not too far at all. No. And it's. Well, I guess it depends on where in Union Square the A it takes you right to 14th. That's right. So that's, that's right. Sweet. It's 14th. It's really, really nice. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so we we briefly discussed it on the first take, <laughs> but um, you talked about like how you basically dragged your parents to the Met um, to right. go see a statue. And for listeners, right. the Met is a museum. Um, Metropolitan you, Museum. Yeah, the Metropolitan Rock. Museum. Um, and you like love this one statue, right? So. And so um, we used to go every every um, almost every every weekend to to, to the Met. And yeah. There was this one statue that I was obsessed with. Um, I think it still exists. Even now, I'm, I'm like I have an urge to actually go and check to see if it actually still exists. But it was basically this one statue that had. Um, I think it was a line with a broken head or something like that. But I was obsessed with it, and I took my kid, my my parents all the time there, um, and it was it was great. Uh, it's great to have all that that access to to, to culture. Yeah, I um, I grew up in Central Florida. Uh, there was there was a different type of culture there, and that was I, I you probably had it much more faster than I did. But the one thing that I noticed. Uh, and I didn't notice this until I went to college, but uh, I grew up in Central Florida, which is a mix of everyone. So it's definitely a melting pot of like the Southern Hemisphere, so to speak. Um, and I grew up in that, 
right? My best friend Stevie is from Colombia. My other friend Isaiah is Puerto Rican. Jesse and, and his brother, uh, they were Haitian. Martin was Puerto Rican and um, Arab. Carlos was from Spain. Cody was just American. Like his family had grown up in Kissimmee. And those were all the, the I mean, which odd now, I was actually talking about this on another episode. It There was like no girls in our neighborhood. That's not good. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we didn't notice it, right? I mean, we're kids. We were riding around sure. on bikes and trampolines and that kind of stuff. Um, but when I got to college, the school I went to was 50,000 students. Very large university. But I also met people who lived in towns in Florida where they're graduating high school classes, 25 students. And they were like shell shocked. So the idea of like, uh, like very much being aware that the world is a mixing pot still happens. Um, or at least it happened in Kissimmee. I grew up in Kissimmee. Kissimmee's maybe like a couple hundred thousand people. It's big, but not like too, too big. Um, but I imagine you had that on a much larger scale growing up in the city and to a point where similar to me, like you probably don't notice it until like someone brings it to your attention. Well, I notice it when I'm not so like when I'm not in, in, in a place that has a lot of people. <laughs> oh yeah. Okay. That's so, right. so my wife, she grew up in a, something called a kibbutz from Israel. It's okay. Kind of like a farm kind of like, okay. Um, communal kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and every time we go there, it's like extreme quiet, uh, which should be amazing, <laughs> but for me, it's kind of hard with that quietness. It's probably a bit eerie. Well, like I would imagine, and when it's like at night, it's dark. It's like yeah, it's like no you can lights. see stars. Yeah, that's got to be somewhat uneasing. Only because I'm again, I'm, I'm making assumptions here, but I would imagine there's always like a light buzz growing up in the city. Like you obviously end up ignoring it over time, but there's always there's always something going. Like I notice it here. Uh, when I first moved into this apartment with my girlfriend, I would wake up and sort of spaz out because you'd hear uh, the guys downstairs at like 12 o'clock, like flipping chairs and doing all that kind of stuff. Um, and then I got, you know, you get used to it. And so I'm right, you know, this Smith Street is very popular and there's in the summer, it gets, but you get used to it. So it's nuts. Um, I'm sort of interested, not so much in the statue thing, but I find it interesting that you like the statue. And now that you are a product designer, you don't build statues, but um, were you interested in art or any of that kind of stuff as a kid? Yes. As well? Yes, very much. Okay. Um, if anything, I used to, I'm not it's like my, my, most of my friends come from art, like are, are either, well, they're mainly musicians mm-hmm. um, and some actors and some artists and stuff like that. Um, I'm the only practical one. <laughs> okay. Um, if you can call design a practical thing, but, um, so yeah, I, I, am actually more of a, more attracted to art than I am to, to, to design. Do you, so did you, um, did you ever, I, I could be phrasing this incorrect, practice art? Did you ever like, were you a painter? Did you, I painted, you illustrate? Yeah. Okay. I painted, um, I wasn't ever really that good. I mean, I, I used to be good at draw. I used to draw comics. Oh really? Yeah. Okay. Uh, but like, um, not silly comics, like Wolverine comics. Mm-hmm. Or um, and I used to do that, but I stopped at some point. I, I, I think puberty, That's <laughs> but, fair. but, um, uh, so yeah, but I, I used to, I used to be obsessed with Bob Ross. So I used to watch him yeah. every, all, yeah. like every, whatever, every week or every day. I can't remember mm-hmm. what that was, but, um, and so I used to, I, I learned to paint from him. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Let's let's put some little little oh, smiles God, on these smiles. trees. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I can actually, if I'm designing and it's really, I'm just doing something really hard. I may put on 
I may or may not put on Bob, Bob oh, Ross. Really? I mean, I just listen to it because he's—it's just so cox. It is. Cox. He could have probably been one of those like uh, police negotiators when they got when the person's like trying to jump off a bridge or whatever. He's like, you know, come yeah. on back. You know, you, you, could, you can also like, it'd be one of those. Um, you can like um, narrate one of those uh, meditation apps. Oh my god, that would be awesome! <laughs> be amazing. Yeah, I'd, I'd buy that. Um. So then. All right, so you used to you used to draw, you did comics. So are you still into comics and stuff? Not really. That's fair. Not I've really. um I, I admitted to some friends last night that I had never seen so this is semi related to comics. I had never seen Star Wars, any of the Star Wars until this year. Um and that's because some of the people at work are really big in the Star Wars and com- like, you know, they come from that like the uh the old school nerd, right, stereotype, right? Comics, Star Wars, that kind of stuff. And I went, I told them I would go with them to go see The Force Awakens. Um, seeing all the others. no. So okay. yes and no. Mm-hmm. Um, I committed to that prior to ever seeing any others, but the week we saw it on the Thursday. So Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, I watched four, five and six okay. after work. Yep. So I was caught up star Wars. The story was freaking awesome. And then the, some of the guys at work also suggested some like Netflix is doing a lot of the Marvel, like the comics and turning them right. into shows and stuff. So like daredevil, uh, January or Jessica Jones. I always say January Jones, Jessica Jones. Um, and they're really good. I feel like I missed out on so much as a kid that I didn't like, cause the storyline is like, I mean, for Netflix and some of these production companies, all they're doing is like taking like a well crafted storyline and just making a show out of it. Like they, you know, they don't have to, they do hard work, but like the hard work of creating the story, it's already done. Right. It's already there. Uh, there, but there's some shit as well. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's, okay. I mean, yeah. There's Flash, for example. They're butchering okay. that character as Are well. Are they really? Oh, so bad. Um, so I don't, I don't know what to say about the TV shows. To be honest, that's I don't know. I, I, it's hard. That said, like, I, they're really cheesy in yeah. my mind, yeah. right? And they're campy. You know? Oh, totally. Um, and so I tease my wife. She likes to watch the the, the Flash for some reason. Okay. Um, and um, so does my buddy of mine. So they're kind of like, they're, they're the, both of them. They're kind of, they, they have one of those flex things that he has this video, like this shared video library that we can actually watch from. Oh, it's oh, his that, and we can watch from our place. Wow. That's cool. Something. Yeah. It's probably, I don't know how legal it is. I haven't said this. <laughs> um, and, um, so they watch flash and they like it a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just tease them all the time. Cause it's, it's just so bad. It's really campy. Uh, but then when I look back, I'm like, well, comics are kind of campy too. They're kind of like, maybe, maybe yeah. it's actually okay. I don't yeah. know. Um, so the TV shows are less, um, less intriguing to me. I like the movies. I like the movies cause they're just, they're fun. They're like, yeah. I guess, but not more than that. The, the way I sort of described it to a friend was that, um, and this is again, coming from someone who has no background in comics. But I feel like right now is probably a perfect time to do it because the technology to create super awesome effects and scenes is like really good for and then you've got like this great technology and partner that with like this crazy story of like, you know, yeah, exactly. All the stuff that comes from comic book storylines. And it's like I I think about like uh, Captain America and like Iron Man and like the Avengers and like those storylines. And I only know what I've seen in the movies. But like when Captain and, and uh, Captain America was Winter Soldier, whatever it's called, the second one, when he like jumps up, he like jumps off of a car onto an airplane yeah, and then destroys the airplane. We actually saw that like like 
two weeks ago. It's good. I mean, I liked it. Um, but I feel like if that were done in the 90s, it would have looked good for the 90s, but like it wouldn't have looked as seamless as it does now. So it just makes it so much better. What's funny is that there was a Flash show in the 80s. Oh, really? Yeah. And the the, the actor that played Flash is the, the actor that plays their the Flash's dad in the, the new one. Just kind of like that's <laughs> whatever. I'm sure they did that yeah, on purpose. Yeah, very cheesy. But um, and it was I loved it. There was one. It was one season. Mm-hmm. It was one season or like two, maybe. I think it's one. I think it was one. And I was obsessed with it. I really liked it. Um, but it looks so ridiculous now when you see the pictures. He has like the Flash has this uh, they have two like lightning oh, the, bolts, like, lightning bolts or whatever. So they yeah. made it like big, like literal, like big. Yeah. And this so that's hilarious. Silly. I could only. I don't know. That's. I'm, I'm, it was I'm, dark though. Oh, was it? It was dark. Like if you if you after this you could Google it, but it was it was dark. It, I'm for, I'm a, for the eighties. I'm envious that I have. I mean, I've got older friends who tell me about all like the corny shit that happened in the eighties, but I'm like, man, I was born in eighty eight. I didn't <laughs> get to it, see man. any of it. Yeah, we just watched yesterday, last night. We watched um, Fuller House. <laughs> so I saw I saw the Fuller House hashtag going around, and I from some people said it wasn't very good. I liked it. Fuck them. I liked, <laughs> them. I liked it. Um, uh, you, what was scary, funny, ha- like whatever? Um, it was twenty nine years ago. Oh wow! It was like na 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 na, and then it's like this whole like the opening, and then it says twenty nine years af- later. Oh my god! And then me and my wife are like, oh my. god god so wait did they bring back years. all the original characters besides the twins oh really okay. yeah i don't know there's some legal or whatever i, I could see that uh, but there was it was kind of embarrassing or, or whatever that they had these kind of like inner jokes literally was like do you remember when we did this or that and i remembered when they did that oh gosh <laughs> and like oh my god i'm so old i'm actually not that old <laughs> um for what i, I mean my only this isn't even a claim to fame or anything. I'm a huge Seinfeld fan. Of course. Me too. Um, but I didn't like, you know, growing up, like I said, I was born in 88. Seinfeld ended in like 99 ish. And it was, it was just before my, I would be able to grasp it mentally. Um, but my girlfriend and I, we had a Seinfeld themed Halloween party here. So that's like my only like semblance of like adult pseudo adult nineties, like television culture is that, but I love that show so much. I wish Actually, uh, I, do you know who Topher Grace is? It's, no. He was, uh, do you, remember, did you ever watch that 70s show? Yes. All uh, right. He was the main character who dated the girl, Donna, the redhead. Okay, yeah, yeah. So that, that guy's Topher Grace. Mm-hmm. He, um, I was he played in Spider-Man, I think. Was he? Spider-Man, yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. I think it was like Venom. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Um, I think. I could be wrong. I was talking with some friends last night, and they told me that he put out a clip where um, he strung together a bunch of dialogue from old Seinfeld episodes and made a Seinfeld episode, like a 10 minute <laughs> episode out of that. I'll put That's it cool. in the show notes. It's pretty funny. That's cool. Um, all right. Enough about comics and, well, I mean, it was a very good talk, but I'm curious at what point, you know, cause we talked about art and all that kind of stuff. At what point did you get into design? I say that loosely. Cause I don't know, like you said earlier um, on, the, on the first take, no kid is like, I want to be a designer. And even at that point, if in the eighties you were like, I want to be a designer design, the definition of design has changed drastically. Right. So what was that? I guess, I don't know. I don't know decision or when you realize you fell into this thing and that kind of stuff. Right. Um, 
I think I, I was in, I, we lived in Israel for a while. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, so uh, when I was 13 to like, honestly, I moved back with my wife, like when I was 26 or whatever, something like that. Oh, wow. So okay. I lived so a while there, there for a bit. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, and I served in the army there. Okay. And then when well, I, that's a requirement. Yes. It's a requirement. Yeah. Okay. And when I left, when I, when I was discharged, I, um, I, uh, I didn't know what I want to do. I was, I, I really didn't plan anything. Normally sure. in Israel, what you do is like, you go to the army, a normal kind of typical life cycle is, is, yeah. is that you go to the army. Um, and then after that you go travel, you go backpacking. So oh, yeah? mo- most like kids go after the army, they go backpacking. And so I was thinking of doing that because I didn't really think I didn't have like a career plan. Or sure. Anything. Um, but my mom suggested that the, after the army, they, they give you like free kind of like, um, what's the word kind of like courses, I guess, for uh-huh. like, um, professional courses. Yep. Um, and there was one that was, stru- that was called multimedia. <laughs> okay. Um, and I grew up, um, with computers mm-hmm. all my life. My dad worked at Bell Labs and all that crap. Oh, wow. And okay. so we, I, we had like the first, what'd computer. your dad do there? Um, he was just a mechanical engineer okay. um, before that. He was, he's, he's into like, he built missiles. He does IA now. He's like Holy AI. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so he's, he's like this kind of crazy scientist. Kind of yeah. Guy. That's really cool. Um, and so we grew up with computers all like my entire life. And um, my mom thought that um, the multimedia thing, because I kind of had a good thing with computers and I was, I liked art um, could be an interesting thing. And the, and the course was literally like just um, crash course on everything. Sure. Like um, After Effects, li- Lingo. Um, There's a thing called Lingo. Um, I've never heard of it. Yeah. It was, it was like, a, whatever. It was a thing. Yeah. Um, HTML, mm-hmm. 3D Max, um, Freehand, Photoshop, Freehand oh, wow. like Illustrator. Yeah. Um, and a bunch of other stuff. Um, and so I took a crash course on, on it all and all, all the other, all the programs were kind of, um, they were fun, but they took so long to render. Oh, I bet. Like 3d and like video. I, I really liked video. Me and my buddies used to, to just record, um, video all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, we used to do like, um, video clips. Like we did beastie boys. We just reenacted beastie boys <laughs> That's and awesome. re- reenacted, um, green day. Oh, that's put cool. up our hair and shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I really liked video, but just the rendering was disgustingly slow. Yeah. So that really bored me. <laughs> that's fair. Um, and well, it doesn't uh, the feedback loop isn't isn't the feedback loop doesn't happen in, in short cycles. So it's really hard to like. Not at all. It was like two days or something like that. Yeah, that's I. So I've heard uh, we had uh, Dan Mall last season, and he was telling me how when he was in college doing like animation stuff. Typical college student where he would wait till you know, the night before right, can't but, do that. <laughs> but what ended up happening with the animation stuff is he'd go to the computer lab, work till 2am, let it re- you know, click whatever to start rendering, go home and put a note on the computer says, don't turn it off. It's rendering or whatever. Right. Come back. And there, there was an error. Of course. <laughs> and you know what I mean? So it's like, he, he also mentioned that it was just like, it wasn't like the rendering thing fucked it all up for him too. Yeah. If, if I, if I would have done the same thing today, I don't know if I would be, uh, I would have been a web designer. Oh yeah. yeah. I don't know. Um, it was, it was rough. That was like, it was two days of like rendering. 
of like moving something for like, I don't know, like a pixel That's <laughs> or whatever crazy. it is like, Oh, I want to move this <laughs> render the whole thing again. Uh, and it was just boring. I bet. Um, so I stopped with that and then I, um, I learned HTML and I found it fascinating that I can write something in text mm-hmm. and immediately render it yep. in, in a browser um, to turn it into something visual. Um, I felt a little more in control um, mm-hmm. and I, I found it fascinating. Um, I guess that's kind of what attracted me um, to HTML. Yeah. Uh, that's the kind of the first thing that attracted me to HTML. Um, I got my first job. I, I finished school. Yep. Um, I was actually thinking of going to travel in India. Mm-hmm. Um, took a lot of like, Time for me to actually, because I was kind of scared doing it by myself. Sure, that's, like, that makes sense. Yeah, like six six months or whatever. Wait, um, scared of traveling or scared of working? Scared of traveling. Okay. I was like, oh, I'm going to travel six months to India like by myself. That's rough. It's hard because if you get in a sticky situation, <laughs> you got no one to. Like, yeah, and I I really like food, and I like my like. I'm not really I, at least at the time I wasn't that adventurous with food, and, sure. and I, I was like, oh, I don't know the food there, and I. Like, like, I don't like sleeping outdoors and shit. Yeah. Um, not to say that they sleep outdoors, but like backpacking yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. is kind of like a, yeah, we, a it, thing. It's like, I have to camp. I have to fend have to for camp. myself. I have to yeah. cook for myself. I don't know. But it was just yeah. a thing yeah. that I was like, ah. Um, but I finally got the guts to do it. And then I bought a ticket mm-hmm. for six months. Well, it was just like an open ticket. It was a one-way ticket. Yep. Um, and literally the same day, I get a um, call from my school saying that they have a job opening. Oh, wow. Yeah. And I was like, this is, this is terrible and amazing at the same time. Um, and then, so I'm like, okay, whatever. I have a ticket. I'll, I'll still go. Yeah. You just maybe I'll just stay for six months. No, I said, I'll still go to the, the, to the, I, I, I got a ticket, but I'll still go to, to see the, um, to to hear out. Oh, job. And, um, so I went to, to see, um, that was and, mm-hmm. and they um it was in jerusalem it was like a small design studio really oh, uh, wow. in jerusalem is it were you living in jerusalem, I was living the time? In jerusalem okay. yeah and i think that was like 99 2000 something ish okay um and i went to see who they were and it was like it was in like this apartment mm-hmm. that had like this beautiful um garden mm-hmm. um and a I was like five kids really. It was like, I guess your age. Really. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, and it just, it was, I was magically drawn to that. I was like, wow, this is, is this real? This is a job. I, I couldn't believe it. Yeah. Um, and I'm like, you know what? I can always buy a ticket later. I'll, I'll lose the ticket. I'll buy the ticket again. Um, but I kind of want to see what this, what yeah. happens here. Um, and then I never, I never flew to India, <laughs> never flew to India, but that's, you know, I've, I've, we had another guest. I know I've mentioned a few, but, uh, Carl Stanton, he now works at huge, uh, oh, in he's Dumbo. a friend of mine. Oh, you know, Carl? Yeah. Okay. We work together at fantasy interactive. Oh, yeah. okay. All right. So this he's is a I friend. Want, yeah. I want to hear about this, but, Amazing. Uh, okay. uh, do you know what he was doing when he was younger? DJing. Well, it's a DJ. It was one part. Um, and I'm, I'm speaking as if I'm speaking, you know, yeah. I don't know his life in, uh, in detail. But what what we were talking about is he had always switched back and forth between like programming and DJing. But when he was fifteen, 
his was a bit younger than it sounds like yours was, but he was literally working in a bedroom in some guy's house, helping build stuff for like the Microsoft network at the time. Um, <laughs> I didn't know but, you didn't tell me that. But it, it, it sounds, it, to me, it sounds similar, like this uh, sort of allure of like these people who seem slightly mysterious or you don't know what they're doing. They're sitting behind a machine uh, doing something. And that is like a job. Well, I'm, I'm going to sidetrack for a second. I'm going to get back to this. Okay. Um, recently, David Bowie died. He yep. was a big, I was, I was really influenced by him. Um, and it made me um, really look back mm-hmm. to, to like the times when I was like really kind of influenced, like when it really, when it's like the first time that I ever experienced like his music mm-hmm. or, or saw his um, show on tape. Yeah. Uh, Ziggy Stardust. And, um, and it really influenced me. And then I started, you know, I, when he died, I, of course, I was kind of mourning and thinking yep. about it. Um, and I saw a lot of interviews and a lot of, a lot of that stuff. And what he said in one of these interviews, he was like, um, uh, music these days, back in the day, music was a rebellion. Mm-hmm. Um, and today it's more of a job career, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, where he said uh, that, um, on the other hand, the internet is starting to become what, um, or is, is basically what uh, rock and roll was back in the day. Yep. Um, where today is probably at this point of career as well. But, yeah. um, and so that made me really th- kind of like think back and I'm realizing that a lot of what drew me into the internet was that rebellion. Mm-hmm. Um, that this can't be a real job. <laughs> yeah. right? This is not a real job. Yeah. It's just sitting in front of a computer. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, I can come in with my, my boxer, my, well, not my boxers, but <laughs> yeah, like my sweatpants. sweatpants and, um, and, and do all these things. And, um, so that really drew me to that. Um, it wasn't all, the, it was, it, it was, it was, I guess it was the mystique of the, the fact that it's very rebellious and yeah. sitting in this loft and not really, and just like sitting and yeah. typing into a thing. And it allows you to be yourself too. Where, and I say that, right. If we're comparing it to something like a career in finance, you wear a suit, maybe you speak a little bit more proper than you would normally like at least. And, and I, I would argue to say that this it's probably come more commonplace, but it still holds true, especially in, in, uh, web design, web development, design in general, um, where everyone just comes as they are. You know, you can, you can be full of tattoos. You can have purple hair. You can, you, you, wear, can, you can argue that at this point, it's also, it's the opposite. You can argue that the, yeah. the norm is, uh, you guys don't see what I'm wearing, but like yeah. the norm is what I'm wearing right yeah. now. Where, yeah. T-shirt. Hoodie, yeah. So you, you know. can argue. I, I, some days I really want to come with a tie and like a, and a, and a, and a suit. I guess that's And I fair. can't do that. Yeah. Well, you'd so, be the same way weird. that if you walked into a finance office in jeans and flip flops, you'd exactly. be looked at weird. You'd be looked exactly. at weird if you wore a suit into exactly. your office at Compass. Exactly. So the, the be yourself thing is, eh, um, Maybe maybe 15 years ago, there was more be yourself, um, but that wasn't really the thing. It was more yeah. like, um, it was literally rebelling against mm-hmm. what people in my age and, and my, my, the, older, the, the older generations considered a job. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm, I barely finished high school. So to me, that was like, fuck you all. <laughs> I'm gonna, this is such a, this is, this is amazing. Yeah. Um, and also, um, because I studied that kind of like multimedia, I got into uh, like more like visual graphic design and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I considered print. Um, 
um, doing some print design or graphic design mm-hmm. um, because that was also, there was no rendering really. So it was, yeah. it was pretty yeah. quick and I loved freehand. Um, and to me, that was the, the internet was also rebelling against that. Uh, so this is a different type of design that like, I remember when I, I was looked at weird mm-hmm. um, from graphic designers. They're like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, this is bullshit. Well, it's not proper. Like, yeah. Yeah. Um, and so huh, things changed, huh? Yeah. A little <laughs> bit. Um, and I take it, it sounds like it definitely sounds like you took that job. I took that job. What kind of stuff were you guys doing at the time? Cause you said it was, um, it was a job for the university or the, the, no, they, 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 it was a design studio. It was okay. like a, it was a web design studio. Oh, okay. Okay. That, um, oh, okay. So you're the, I say university. I don't know if it was a university. It wasn't at okay. all. It was, I, I, again, I didn't finish high school. So it was yeah. like, it was kind of like this course that they, they you train soldiers when they're done. Okay. Thing. So then those people called you and said, Hey, there's a job opportunity yeah. that wasn't necessarily affiliated with them. No, um, it wasn't. They just, they, they had this kind of like, they, where would you find somebody that knows how to do web design in 99 Jerusalem? No one. Like, so you had to go to, to you went, literally the way that you got a job back then. And I'm, this may sound crazy, but you had to buy a newspaper and look for, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Listings, like the, the classifieds. classifieds. Yeah. So they didn't put any classifieds for that. I guess job position yeah. there because I mean, it's a waste of money because no one would. Have, yeah. You know, well, it's the wrong medium also. Yeah. Right. And so, they went to the schools to ask. Um, that makes sense. Yeah. Yep. Um, and what kind of stuff were you doing there? Cause it sounds like you had a little bit of, you had a taste of everything, right? You had a taste of design. You had a taste, well, graphic design, like traditional graphic design, like web design, also a little bit of web development for, you know, it was 99. So right. HTML alone HTML, is yeah. web development. <laughs> then. Is. That's what I did. So it was, uh, I did uh, like, I was a jack of all trades. So I did, um, it was primarily HTML. Mm-hmm. Um, design like mm-hmm. photoshop freehand um and flash oh wow okay um so i did a lot of banner ads i did um just websites so just coded it up and uh, the tables in line you so, know so. i always wonder and i say this right like i um my development career is still pretty young i've only been doing it for like three or four years uh prior to that i worked in advertising the listeners have heard this story a thousand times um uh, didn't like what i was doing and switched um but, you know, I'm, I'm interviewing someone like you. You're 36. You clearly have substantially more history in this industry than I do. Um, and I, I've interviewed a few more people like Carl, who, again, have substantially more history. And I just think about what design approvals were like. Design approvals? <laughs> well, like, you know, you think. There's no such thing. Well, yeah, you <laughs> think about it now, right? Like, I work at an agency and, right. and uh, we might have, like, component-based approvals, right? Like, here's, right. here's what this list uh, like we do a lot of publication uh, design right, development right. stuff. So here's what like related li- uh, li- uh, article list. Here's what it looks like in this format. Here's what it looks like in this format, blah, 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 blah. How do you guys, here's what it looks like when you, on a phone, on a tablet, et cetera. Um, and it's definitely a, a, it's a process. So then I think about like, you know, I think about what Microsoft's website looked like in the early nineties, right? It was just like this weird thing. Space jam. Yeah. Space jam, right? Like, what the hell were those meetings like? Because you're not only are you talking about a medium that not a lot of people worked in or knew about, but then even worse, I say worse, even worse than today, where you might have a stakeholder who is totally removed from design, making approvals on a design. But back then, it was like this thing that people didn't even know part of their company were paying salaries for people to do. 
right? So it was depending on, so we did two things. We had clients mm-hmm. and we had we actually built some sort of kind of like MailChimp. And oh, then, wow. And then we had also kind of a Squarespace. <laughs> and we tried to sell that to, the, to our clients. Yeah. Um, and there were two types of clients. There was a client that really just didn't care. Mm-hmm. They had to do a thing. They had, yeah. they had to have a website. Yep. And that's really... It came down care. from above. They just need to make sure it happens. Right. Yeah. Um, and there was the one, the, the clients that really cared. The problem was that there was no real i mean it wasn't 96 it was still like 99 2000 yeah, so yeah, it, was, yeah. it was a little more evolved but um uh they still had it was not it was not enough exposure to to, to real like good web design for mm-hmm. them to actually give proper critique sure um so it was either do whatever the fuck you want or do whatever the fuck they want <laughs> And plain and simple. There was no like design reviews or it was not, it was not like a proper, like, you know, design process or anything like that. I honestly didn't know what a design process was. I just did whatever I wanted. That's fair. And uh, how long were you there? Cause it, six years. Oh wow. Okay. Long time. Yeah. On and off. I did also some freelancing at some point and then um, came back and it was, but it was and around six years. After that six years, uh, or rather, let me ask this question. When did you move back to the States? After that, um, okay. so six, yeah, um, I'm bad with dates, but it's like 20, uh, 20, 20 like 2000. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, if you started in like 99, 2000, 2006, 2007. Seven, yes. Yeah. Um, why'd you move? I missed New York. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. Um, oh, yeah, because you grew up here yeah, and you're younger. Well, why'd you guys move back to Jerusalem or back? Why did you move to Jerusalem um, when you were younger? My parents split. Ah, okay. Yeah, so okay. I moved with my 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 mom. Okay. And did you was your dad still here? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Eventually moved back, but he, he stayed here a little. Gotcha. Very cool. Um. So then you've got six years of web web design development experience. Um. I would argue and say again, well, around that time in the two thousands, everything. You probably have much better history of this than I do because I just read about it. But there definitely was a point in which browser wars was a thing. But then everything sort of just not stopped, but like CSS didn't continue to to move forward and things just paused. So one would argue that you probably knew all the HTML tags, all the CSS properties, attributes, all that kind of stuff. So, well, to some degree, right? Uh, JavaScript definitely wasn't the job, isn't the JavaScript it is today and that kind of stuff. So you had this like compendium of knowledge, right? You had all this knowledge to make you a fantastically viable web designer, web developer, Um what did you do when you, I guess, what was your plan when you got to New York? Like you came back cause you missed it. Um, and you were with your wife at the time then, correct? Yeah. Okay. Yep. Um, were you just like, all right, I'm just going to go open up Craigslist or, you know, like there's no, no. like there was no, there, there's probably job boards, but not like there is today. Yeah. Well, what we did was basically, um, I applied from Israel to, to jobs. Okay. Um, and at that point I was really big in flash. Yep. Um, and I really like that, um, scene. So, um, I applied to, to advanced and to fantasy interactive. Okay. Um, and advanced and is another too advanced. Oh, too advanced. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and so I applied to those two and I think firstborn, which okay. is another, yeah. Um, and I think the first person that replied was fantasy. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and this they, is fantasy in New York. Yep. Okay. Uh, and they sent over a, a design exercise kind of thing, redesigned like MTV, I think it was, or something like that. Okay. Um, 
I did. I got accepted and I moved. Oh, wow. Okay. Pretty, pretty simple. So, all right. So then that's when you started working with Carl. Well, well you guys no, Carl were, joined after me. Yeah. yeah. You yeah. guys met at Fantasy in New Correct. York. Yeah. yeah. He actually worked in uh, Sweden yeah, for a bit he, and then he moved was, to New York. If I recall correctly, he the reason why he was in Sweden and then New York is because, well, there's a few reasons. but it Visas. Was, yeah, definitely visas. It was a lot easier for him to get a job in Europe from course, Australia than yeah. it was from Australia to the U.S. Which I think changed now. But Yeah, he was telling me in that episode we talk about it. I guess there's like a I, – I would label that as a loophole, but I guess there's a trade agreement that is also beneficial to Australians – trying to come and work in the U S so it yep. makes it much easier for them to, to get a visa right. um, to allow them to work. But there was also something where like he needed, cause he didn't go to college, um, but he needed to have like twice uh-huh. as much work experience or yeah, some shit. Yeah, so so he had to like right. sort of go somewhere else to right. work and stuff. Um, <laughs> but were you, were you guys both? I, I know Carl is uh, when, when him and I, met and spoke he was the director of front end one of the directors of front end engineering huge um so when when you guys were at fantasy or when your times crossed at fantasy were you guys working on the same kind of stuff or was he more programming and you were doing more design and flash stuff i was i was never a programmer i was never uh not an engineer not a front end developer nothing I started my career writing HT, like not yeah, even HTML, yeah. not CSS or anything like that. Yep. I, H, pure HTML inline inline styles. Yep. Uh, actually, it was it was even harder because it was um, right to left because Hebrew is right to left. Oh. So my like, my entire beginning of my career is actually designing and writing HTML without CSS, yeah. right to left. Um, so that got me into like really um, mm-hmm. like um, but. When CSS like became a thing, um, I was in Flash, so I didn't really okay. yep. care about it. Yep, makes sense. Um, and and when I joined Fantasy, they asked me, "What do you want?" Because I did a lot of action script for Flash as okay. well. Okay, okay. Um, and when they asked me, "What do you want to do?" They segregated it, so it's very much design and Photoshop. And yep, that's it. And then um, the front end developers develop. Yep, and then back end engineers you know, do their thing. Um, so when I applied, I asked, they, like I said, like, I, I don't want to not do flash. I, I don't want to do yeah, yeah, Photoshop all day. Yeah. So they sent me the exercise for flash. And I was way above my abilities. So I'm like, you know what? That's fine. I guess I'll, <laughs> <laughs> ah, Photoshop, might be okay. Photoshop sounds great. Um, so um, I did, I was the, I was a designer there and okay. he was a developer. Okay. Um, so two different things. Yep. That's very cool. And um, how long were you at fantasy? Years maybe okay. You were at Fantasy for two years, and then mm-hmm. you left. Where'd you go after that? After that, I went to AOL. Oh, you worked at AOL. <laughs> I worked at AOL. <laughs> um, yeah, I was like, I don't. I'm tired of, of doing like the whole kind of like um, the whole uh, client thing. Okay. Yeah. Um, when I was in Israel, we did work as I mentioned, like on these kind of like apps that were like Mailchimp and Squarespace mm-hmm. and whatever. Very, Basically made very, your job easier. If you it did. made my yeah. yeah. So and I really liked that. I liked working on one thing and then iterating and improving it and having ownership and liking it. Like it's my yep. baby. Um, 
And I kind of missed that when I was doing just client work. You do a thing and you do it for someone else. Yeah. And then and, when it's like at that deadline, it's done. And you, right. if there's no budget, you don't touch then, it again. Yeah. It's yeah. kind of like you're wrapping up a story for someone and then they go tell it. Yep. Um, so uh, I wanted, I was not going to, I'm not going to say negative things. Sure. Um, but um, I joined there and I didn't stay for too long. At AOL. Uh, at AOL. Okay. Yeah, I was there for only eight months. Um, okay. And then I decided to leave. They're, they had this whole kind of like thing where they're going to, they had to, they had to cut half the staff. Oh, wow. Uh, but the CEO said that um, whoever wants to volunteer will get an extra nice severance package. Makes sense. I'm like, yep, uh, that's me. <laughs> makes their uh, job, makes their job a little bit easier. Right. Yeah. But on the other hand, all the good people left. Yeah. So yeah. why well, they all saw this, the ship sinking, you know what I mean? Like yeah. whatever the circumstances were at the time, I'm sure they probably noticed it or yeah. had some idea. If not all a bunch. Right. Yeah. And so yeah. that was a risky kind of interesting move that, yeah. that, that they did. Um, I don't know if it worked out or not. They could have worked out for them. I have no idea. Uh, but I, t- I took, I took the money and ran. Um, and I opened up my own freelance okay. uh, studio um, named it made for humans. Okay. Um, and did that for a while. Um, and oh, that, wow. yeah. Well, you went back and forth. I say back and forth. Um, my brief knowledge of your history in my world is that you were at a company that, like we talked about, got acquired by Twitter. Right. And then I feel like after some sometime between that and now you're at Compass, mm-hmm. you were doing Made, Made for Humans again. Right. right? I okay. did that again. Uh-huh. Um. Yeah, I did Made for Humans. Um, I had a close friend that uh, worked at Google, Okay, uh, left Google, open, and then we kind of created a startup as mm-hmm. well um, and worked on that. It was a technology company. Okay. Um, and then um, I became an advisor to it and mm-hmm. we sold it to Twitter. Oh. And that's how we joined Twitter. Okay. Yeah. All right. So that, so this all makes sense. For some reason, I thought you were just an employee there. It's, I was just an employee. But, yeah, yeah. But yeah. we got, we got, we were hired through an acquisition. Yeah. Well, you were just an employee at Twitter, but the other company you helped create. Yes. And what was that company? It was called Jewel Pan. Jewel Pan. Yeah. What was it? What, uh, what kind of stuff did you guys do? We built the discover engine. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's really, really cool. Yeah. So we built a discover engine. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, it was really good <laughs> actually, but did you build, so I'm just curious, um, you built the discover engine before the Twitter acquisition and is, is that yes. what sort of, okay. Yeah, yeah. So, so they were probably interested in that. I would yeah. imagine we, we were a search search yeah. company. Um, yeah. and we, we dealt with social, um, search mm-hmm. and we aggregate a lot of social um, channels and, and, and information and, and, and signals. And we wanted to become a um, a push search engine versus okay. a pull. So Google would be a pull. Mm-hmm. Um, and we wanted to push information mm-hmm. and anticipate what you want yep. Makes before sense. you know it and the, uh, well, or before you actually have to ask for it. Yep. Um, and we thought that we could do that through understanding social channels. Makes sense. Um, and so we did that. Um, and we happened to build what Twitter was building. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we got acquired. Oh, wow. Um, How long were you guys building that before the Twitter acquisition? Took us a year or so to build. How was that? And I, I'm curious because 
I, I don't know that I have the guts to go out on my own. Well, to make the decision to be like, all right, hey, me and, and friend, let's go build something. Mm-hmm. Um, so what was that process like? I say process. It probably was <laughs> a lot to yeah. that. I don't know how, where to start from that, but, um, uh, the on your own thing, I always felt comfortable with that, I guess. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't know why. Um, which I, is interesting because you didn't want to go camping on your own. I know. <laughs> I know. That's, that's, I know. That's right. <laughs> on my own in a city. Totally fine. <laughs> yeah. Okay. In the wilderness uh, in, or some version of the wilderness? In, in a city that is, um, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know what to say about that exactly, but no, it's fair. It was, it was a great experience. We raised also money. So it's, it's, okay. it's, it's not like we're, we're, you know, you were not, like not making money. Right? Yeah. 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 Um, so it wasn't, I mean, it was a risk obviously, but sure. Um, so, yeah. was, um, at any point was the, these are my words, not yours, uh, the goal to be acquired or is that just like a happy accident? And um, I, I asked that because, you know, we're in the age of startups where some people make them strictly to just get bought. Right. Um, no, the goal is not always strictly to get bought. It, it could never be the goal. It, yeah. it just can't never, it can't be the goal. Mm-hmm. Um, or at least you can't publicly say that. Yeah. Maybe, maybe some founders say that, like, that's what they want. Um, it, it just can't be the goal. You won't get money for that. Really. Yeah. Um, and it's not only that you just can't say it. I mean, investors are not idiots. They're not mm-hmm. going to want to give somebody money just for them to sell. Yeah. And, and just selling is also, you know, it's also relative. Like you can't only want to just sell for like $10 million or whatever it is. Yeah. That's a lot of money for you and me, but that's not a lot for investors. Like yeah. that's not what they want to hear. That's right. True. So I imagine if you're just going to be like just getting acquired, then yeah. that needs to be, that's a fair point in, I, in the hundreds or in the billions. Right. I imagine too. And again, I've never done this, but if you're, let's say with jewel pan, you guys are like, Hey, we want to be acquired at that point. You're no longer making decisions that could be best for the product, but making decisions based on your assumptions of how you can get acquired. Right. So I could imagine that if, if that were the case, uh, things might've gone slightly, they might've gone the same. They might've gone slightly differently. Cause I think your priorities shift, right? Whereas if you're doing it to build this thing and, and you believe in this thing, you're going to, I mean, I'm going to make a terrible analogy or example. If you have a child, if you have a, a, a boy and like your entire goal is for that boy to be a basketball player, you're going to raise them a particular way that overlooks a lot of ways, um, a lot of things than if you raise them just to be a good person. Right. right? Um, I agree. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't think that's the right approach ever, um, uh, to just be acquired. That's, um, I mean, if you're building a product, you want to build a product, right? Yeah. Um, to build it to get acquired is, is, yeah. is a rough, uh, that's rough, rough path because so, then what's then to get acquired. Also the chances of you getting acquired is yeah, very, very, very slim. Low. Yeah. So chances of failure are very large. <laughs> Um, so what was, and I'm asking again, cause I have no knowledge in this. this is sort of interesting. Was it just like an email says, Hey, we want to buy you guys dash dash. Jack. <laughs> no, it was not that it was, it was, um, I don't know how much I can say, but, uh, I had a friend that worked there. Okay. Um, we, I was getting feedback on the gotcha. product that we're building and I was like, Whoa, 
Yeah. And um, it just ended up being a good fit. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, and then through that acquisition, you were working at Twitter. Um, and how long were you, I guess, at that point, a part of Twitter? I stayed there not for long. I stayed there for a year and a few months. Okay. Yeah. Not All right. too long. That makes sense then. Yeah. Um, and what did you do after that? Did you just go back to freelancing? I, uh, no, I started my own startup again. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Once you do it, you kind of get addicted to it. I guess um, that's fair. Yeah. So um, I was at Twitter. I built a team there at New York. Okay. I did the whole spiel, but I just was not, I just didn't, I, I wanted to leave. And so sure. um, I didn't know what I wanted to do, but I, I, so two weeks after we got acquired, my daughter was born. Oh, wow. Okay. So it was a crazy time. Yeah. I actually had to fly for the acquisition when my to son, like San Francisco, San Francisco when my wife was like eight months pregnant. And I was oh like, my gosh. I'm sure that was the a, worst. I'm sure was that like, was so nerve wracking so because then at, at that point, it's almost like any day now. And yeah, and you're, well, I mean, we had a due date, but sure. it's like, yeah, yeah. who knows? Yeah. Um, I didn't fly for, for many days, but I was like, yeah. fuck, this is crazy. Um, so when she was born, I realized that, um, there are not a lot of, um, products out there that cater to parents. Okay. Back then, at least there are not yeah. a lot of apps. Mm-hmm. Um, so I wanted to build something that, um, catered to parents and, you know, involved communication channels with parents and daycares and stuff like that. Okay. Um, so I started prototyping something that uh, yep. I thought would work. Um, and I left Twitter um, and started pursuing that. Oh, wow. For a while. Um, built a team, mm-hmm. um, almost raised money, but then realized that uh, this is just not, I just didn't want to do it. Mm-hmm. The, the, I realized that the industry itself or that, that kind of that vertical was. But you mean much- like the, the vertical of the product or the, the category that correct, your product is in. Correct. Okay. It was, it was basically kind of like a, a, a kind of like a um, communication channel between daycares and, and parents or okay. caregivers and parents sure. so that most of the people that I know mm-hmm. um, work when they have kids. Yep. Um, and because this country doesn't give any sort of, um, they don't contribute to the to the to the raising of the kid until they're four. Oh wow! I didn't basic, know that. Yeah, it's, they okay. don't pay a dollar for for that. So you need to either have a babysitter, yep. daycare, or don't work. Yep. Um, and the most people that I know work. Um, so um, you're basically you're kind of like in this kind of weird situation, and especially if you don't have family to kind of like in the same yeah, yeah, yeah. city or building yep. to help. Um, you're in this weird situation where you're. Um, at work and your most prized possession is being taken care of by, by someone else. You do not know. Yeah. And there's, uh, I, I actually would like your opinion on this. I, the vetting process, while there is one, it's also probably very blurry. Well, maybe it's very blurry. Maybe not I, anymore. Cause you have Yelp no, and that it is. kind of stuff. Uh, Yelp is nothing, but you, 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 it's blurry. It's yeah. like Yelp is good for a restaurant, but, and not uh-huh. even, um, sorry guys, uh, whoever <laughs> works there, but, um, um, not for your kid. Yeah. Like that's, yeah. that's crazy. So, uh, the vetting, uh, is you do that through going to the, to the daycare or yep. meeting the babysitter or whatever it is. And there was nothing 
it's it's not they're not going to sit with you all day or you're not going to grab a drink or anything like that yeah. in person like yeah. so you have like what an hour an open house or whatever <laughs> yeah to make a hours, really a really big hours. decision that affects right. a lot of things right, right. Um, and then you go and leave the kid there. You pay thirty thousand. I paid thirty thousand dollars a year for this thing, and the ch- the communication channel was a notebook. So they write their thing, and then you get it back. And sometimes mm-hmm. they write, sometimes they don't write. Yeah, writing is at, whatever. Yeah, and they're like also the the people that take care of them. There's one like grown up, mm-hmm. and there's a bunch of younger people yeah. there as well. Younger people don't like to write. I, what, what I've noticed. And so, Everything was good. Yeah. Great. <laughs> um, and, and so you, you don't get a lot of information through that and that gets, that creates frustration. And mm-hmm. even though it was a great daycare, I'm not kind of trying to diss them, but um, I can't imagine what a bad daycare is, honestly. Yeah, but yeah. Um, so I wanted to create some sort of technology around that. Um, mm-hmm. Realizing that this generation of, be people that build t- digital products haven't gotten into having kids yet. <laughs> so That's, not yeah, a lot yeah. of products out there that actually, actually cater to that. That makes a lot of sense. So I'm like, oh, I could be the first one or one of the first or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Um, but after building and after testing and after kind of like almost raising money, I realized that um, I, the, the vertical is just not a good one. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you mean? Th- there the, the the product was installing it into daycares and creating some one a CRM for them two some sort of communication channel sure. between them yeah uh, allows them to just manage their business a little correct, bit better correct um, and then some sort of viral uh, network effect or viral uh, loop with um, the parents so the parents could share the inf- images or information with yep. the grandparents or the friends or whatever it okay. is but it's not in Facebook right so yeah yeah, yeah. Um, and. Um, I realized that, um, the money that would come from that has to be through the daycares. And again, I could, maybe somebody will come up with something different. What I came up with was that the money has to come through daycares Mm -hmm. and daycares is just a terrible business. Like that's not a good way to, it's not a multi-million dollar business for one daycare. It won't grow. And like you're talking about thinking about acquisition, I can't really grow a massive business where people are just throwing money on at me. Um, by being dependent on daycares because mm-hmm. there's like one, two conglomerate, like big ones. Yeah. And then all the other ones are mom and pops. Yep. So there's this really long tail of flat out sales that I need to do one by one, knock on doors yep. um, that I need to do. And the conglomerates already have their yeah, yeah. apps and shit. Yep. So it's, it's kind of, it was like, a, and there's just like private, they don't share with any, you know what I mean? It's yeah. not like a, it's not like a, a white label system. Exactly. Or like that. Exactly. No one was really interested in white label stuff. Um, was talking to actually pretty big, um, let's just say food companies that are, mm-hmm. um, for, to, to white label those apps, but yeah. it's just, it was, I, I don't want to take somebody's money or some investor's money if I'm not uh, like comfortable with what I, um, yeah, with what you're selling essentially. Right. Yeah. So I just decided to not pursue this, uh, fundraising, um, even though I was close, um, and decided to stop. And then I just took a breath <laughs> to, to, to like, okay, what am I going to do? Yeah. Um, and then I built an amazing team, a bunch of people that are from FI. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, and we just did client work again. Uh, okay. Oh, so you guys, yeah. um, you didn't leave that. You guys just stopped we building morphed, that thing. Yeah, yeah. Or the pivot or whatever. Yeah, we, the uh, yeah, we pivoted really. Yeah. Um, and we just did client work and it was great. Um, 
And as a side note, all along the same team that uh, did that, also we built a, <laughs> I have a lot of shit, but we also built a product called Float, uh, okay. which is a I've scheduling app. Yeah. yeah. And that was all along that we actually shipped. We built that before I joined Twitter as well. Oh, wow. Okay. I have, I have I'm doing a lot of stuff. Um, I'm actually doing less now, but, um, and, um, so yeah, so we kind of focused on made yeah. for humans and we focused on float as well. That's really cool. Yeah. Um, um was it hard to switch from a product based business? Um, very hard to taking on clients. Very hard. Okay. I just didn't like it at all. I also noticed that, and I know this, this is a conversation going on um, mm-hmm. in the industry right now, but um, I did notice a shift of uh, just less work out there. Oh yeah, There's yeah. Just I think less work. Uh, Sarah Parmenter. Yes. I think that's how you say yes. her last name. Yeah, uh, I read that article. She read, yeah, she wrote that. Which, you know, I I don't have as much experience as you or her. Um, I think development might have a, a, a different sort of vibe. That's my take. I also have a full-time job and I do sure. freelance on the side. So right. if a client comes to me every four or five months, right. I'm fine. Yeah. yeah, I'm good. So I, I personally don't know how that goes, but I, you know, the agency that I'm at, uh, we, we have some big clients, we have smaller clients. And the one thing that I've realized, and I think this, I, I'd be interested to know if this attributes to it at all is if you have client A, let's say, uh, no, actually let's do this. Let's say you have client, which is Sony music right and then you've got another client which is um a local like uh threes brewery which is down in gowanus right both of them want a site redesign and if you go to sony and you're like hey this is gonna be four hundred thousand dollars sony's probably like okay whatever you tell threes brewery it's gonna be thirty thousand dollars they're like that's a lot right like the premise of what is a lot of money to various groups uh changes and i always think how that like not so much what happens, but how those conversations go. Because the work that we do, it can be priced high. It's a benefit for us. Uh, but people have different the, – the value of a dollar uh, changes from business to business. So I've always like sort of thought – I've never been in your shoes in, in that regard, right? like trying to acquire, like get clients and work with clients, build clients, all that kind of stuff. Um, so I always wondered what the hell that was like. There's, 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 there's many ways – approaching it really, but, um, it's primarily two, I think, which is, um, kind of the, uh, hourly rate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then yeah. the, um, what Dan, Dan does. Uh, yeah. Like value-based value pricing. Value-based pricing. Yeah. Um, I never was, and I, I told this that to Dan, I, and I think that's not my fault. Like mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's a fault, but I never was able to really understand or grasp how to do value. Yeah. Um, it's hard stuff. I mean, I, I, I think it's interesting. I read upon it. Um, yeah. I don't know. That I think I it's, it's potentially the right approach. Yeah. Um, I just don't know how to do that. Yeah. Um, so we had an hourly rate um, yeah. and it was high. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And that, so that filtered out a lot of stuff, but um, that's how we did it. Really. Mm-hmm. We just priced high. So we went to the high, the people that could pay it really. That makes sense. That's, that's how we approached How it. many people were on your team? We were like five or six. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. So you guys had like a, to me, that sounds like a good. To me, it's a good size, right? Because it's enough yeah. that you all can like still like go out and get drinks and have fun. Well, uh, we're also good friends. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah. it's, it's we got lucky. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, and how long were you guys doing client work? Did that for a year. <laughs> a year. Oh, okay. a year. all right. And then what happened? We got acquired. <laughs> Is that uh, a compass? Okay, very cool. And how did that come about? And I and I asked that um, because I don't know. 
I don't know the the relationship in terms of time, but that uh, I remember at some point uh, the Tehan and Lax guys left and went to Facebook. That's right. Um, that was somewhat after that. Okay. Yeah. So, and in that in that time span, mm-hmm. there was a lot of discussion about design studios agencies being acquired by That's other right. companies. That's right. Um, and then that sort of happened with you guys. That's right. Um, yeah, they, they were. I th- look. I don't. I don't see design studios thriving. Um, oh yeah. I, and I hope to be wrong because that's my history really. Yeah. But um, I just don't see how that works anymore, mm-hmm. especially in the environment of like building products. And there's mm-hmm. kind of like a conveyor beltish kind of system sure. of yep. building things, right? When you're outside, you're consulting. And if you're consulting, I, I don't know, like that's all, all these companies are every company right now, the way that I see it is going to become a software company. Yeah, right. I can see that. I don't see any other way, right? Yeah. All the ones that are not software companies will die. Uh, I, I, and I really truly believe that. Like, it, I don't see how they can survive without having the DNA, or unless they put a lot of money. So wait, into establishing what that. kind of companies are you defining? The reason why I ask is because Pampers is never going to become a software company, right? Well, Dan I, and Yogurt probably won't. Those are, but those are more CPG based companies, right? So if those companies want to still cater to consumers mm-hmm. and not be B2B or anything like that. Mm-hmm. And even then I don't see how they can't do the, they won't mm-hmm. be, I don't see them existing too long. Okay. I just don't. And when I say too long, I'm saying decade two, but yeah, yeah, sure. Sure. But I don't, I don't, I don't Actually, see, you know, what, yeah, I agree with your point now. Now that I'm thinking about it, because being a software company doesn't mean you need to build a product. It just means that you, uh, technology, yeah, technology is, is embedded and in, yeah. integrated into exactly. Yeah. Okay. So you would have like, like Uber, for example, that's a taxi company. Everybody's yeah. talking about it's a taxi company, right? Yeah. Um, or, or Warby Parker is, is, um, is, is gla- they're, they're glasses. Glasses, yeah. Compass is real estate. Yeah, that's true. So, but we're all infused by technology. We're technology first. Yep. Um, and that's the difference. But yeah, that's you guys our wouldn't exist without the technology. We're a technology first company. Yep. Uh, we have the best agents in the world but but we're also and a uh, pretty damn good website too i remember exactly. when i was looking for apartments that i don't know if you guys were there at this time or not but when i was looking for apartments you know you got like shitty real estate company sites right. and like pad mapper which is like a really right. rough aggregate of credit well i think they're required now or something, something oh yeah um and then compass comes around i'm like oh fuck at first i thought it was a real estate company like a new york city based real estate company um, well, but I didn't realize that it, they were just, I mean, it is, I didn't realize it was sh- what I thought it was going to be like a, like a, like a rapid reality. Well, well, right. It's like not an, it's not, we're not an aggregator. We were not yeah. truly or anything. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, but then I was like, wait, is this, is this a real estate company? Is it an aggregator? Yeah. It's like, I don't, ah. yeah. I was like, I don't know. Um, all the, all the apartments that were listed were above my price range, sure, but yeah. I always like compass was the one that I always went back to because oh, it just looked really good. Great. Thank you. But. That's really it. Like we're we're a real estate company that mm-hmm. that um, is tech first, so mm-hmm. we can build these great software for for our agents and 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 our and our customer yeah. clients. So that's really the way that I see it. And so, um, how can you build software for when you're outside of the company? I just don't see that happening anymore. Yeah, I, what happened yeah. up until now was that all these agencies. And I, when I, when I grew up in the industry, mm-hmm. we built and packaged stories yep. for others 
to, to, to yep. tell, right? And oftentimes it was campaign based, uh, like it's, it's fantasy exactly interactive, what it is. Is, for yeah. example, right? So like a website or, or selling a story about the company. Yep. A product is more building a, a, a an ecosystem for others mm-hmm. to tell the story. Yep. You can't. It's not a packaged story. It's yeah. it's kind of an ecosystem yeah. for others to it's tell. It's much tell less. It. Uh, the, the contents are much less defined. Right. And yeah. so, um, well, sometimes, sometimes not. But um, you can't build an ecosystem that uh, from outside. You yeah. Just you can't. Um, you can consult. Yeah. But I just don't see how that works. And I have many friends that do that right now and they're great um but um so i don't want to step on there no i you know i think it's fair it's interesting and again it might be uh my lack of years of experience but i i worked at a company that i was the in-house web developer it was not a product company it was not a technology company uh technology in fact was a bit foreign for them so that was a little rough um i've got a handful of friends that work uh my friend jackie do you know jackie balzer she works at Behance. Um, and I was talking with her about it, and she actually helped shifted my thinking on going, like working on one thing, right? Right. Because where I'm at in my career, I was like, I, I currently prefer agency because I do get to touch different things, right? Um, I'm not coming from a developer perspective. I'm not just working in Rails. I'm not just working in Angular. I'm not just working in WordPress, whatever. I get to touch a variety of things in an agency. Whereas in house, that might not be the case. They have a stack, and that's what they work with. And that's okay too. Um, but for me, I've liked the, I like the variety. Um, a good example, you know, we've worked the agency that I'm at now, we work with some timing publications. So we redesigned travel and leisure. We redesigned food and wine. We redesigned Southern living. I did Southern living. Uh, one of my coworkers, Dan did food and wine. My boss, Ryan did travel leisure, uh, different teams internally at the time, uh, same technology cause they, they, they run on like Drupal kind of stuff. Uh, different design and that kind of stuff. And, I, and I, I like that. And I can go to Dan and ask Dan how he built something because he built something similar but slightly different. Um, and I like that about the agency. But I'm also sort of nervous uh, about everything that you mentioned, right? Where it's really hard for this obscure third party that only gets spoken to when called upon uh, to help build long-lasting and evolving and growing products. What I think would be interesting to see I personally think the agency can still exist because in my eyes, an agency. They still w- would yeah, exist, yeah. but not, they wouldn't flourish. No. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, I think, I, I think if there's a, sh- there has to be a very large shift in perspective. And I think an agency, agencies have to stop being the marketing agencies or the 360 agencies right. that do ad buys, social media, copywriting, design, development, whatever. Right. In, in maybe smaller, more specialized. We do design we do development. We do just well, that's design. What, that's what Made for Human was. Yeah. It, was it was a design studio of front-end developers yeah. as well. But like we d- we didn't touch back-end stuff. Yeah. We, 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 we didn't do any marketing. Yep. We just really did yeah. product design. Yeah. So I, I think that's one part of it. And I think the other part of it is, um, however this ends up happening, and this I have no clue of, um, but the idea, like, because, I would argue and say, because uh, the company I'm at, Expand the Room, doesn't do marketing or anything like that, we don't do a lot of marketing initiative work. So it's not, we have a, we're doing a contest because we want to increase our su- subscribers. So we're doing a, a, a landing page campaign. And uh, like, we don't touch that kind of stuff. The work that we touch with, you know, Travel and Leisure, it was much long, longer term work. So we were 
it almost, I don't want to say embedded, that's the wrong word. We weren't in their offices or anything, but anytime these discussions came up, we were there. And I feel like that if agencies still do exist, what needs to end up happening is that they are not one-off campaign, but they are equally a part of the conversation as anybody else. What makes that somewhat difficult though, is why the hell do you hire a campaign if you have an in-house design team or in-house technology team? And that's where it gets weird. And maybe it's these guys can do iOS and we're not good at iOS. Like, I don't, I don't, at that part, I don't even know. There's, there is the, the business model doesn't make sense because you need to charge more than what a salary would cost. Right. Yep. In order to, to exist. Yeah. Now, why would I pay for that as a company? Yeah. When you can just pay for a salary. Extremely better. Yeah. Fundamentally like better. Um, or you need to be something like, fuck, I don't have enough time right now. Let's yeah. outsource this. Sort of like the emergency. Right. Yeah. But that you can't, that's a bad business model to be just for emergency. So yeah. as, as a company, as a company, if I would ever start any company right now, mm-hmm. it has to be tech first. Yes. It just has to be. And if that's the case, I'm, I need that in the DNA and they need to be part of the team. Just like, I'm not going to outsource my, like a normal, like if, if I'm, I'm not going to outsource like my legal, my, yeah. my my accounting when mm-hmm. you're kind of like a normal company or established company right yeah um, you may do that when you're five people but yeah or ten or whatever but at some point you should announce accounting right um so it's kind of the same thing i think yeah no that's fair it's i think it'll be i i very much liked that sarah published that post um which i'll include in the show notes mainly because i think uh the comments were actually equally as interesting as the post itself but i i would really i don't I don't read. <laughs> I honestly I probably should. So typically, I do not read comments. I read it when there was one comment. Right. Um, so she must have recently posted it when right. I read it, right. and then I went back to it right. because it was on like the designer news forum or some shit. Right. Um, and there was way more. And I'm like reading Uh-oh. these. Yeah. She didn't get any trolls. Uh, <laughs> um, she's awesome, by the way. Yeah, I don't. I've never met her. I'm, yeah, she seems like a really cool person. She is. Um, the fact that she's doing blush bar, I think it's called. Yep. Um, that's really great. Yeah, I think it's cool because uh, you have someone who has uh, pretty good taste, generally right. speaking, right? Yeah, she yeah. Just has a designer background, uh, doing something that isn't design, uh, which means she's probably going to give it you a little. You can call it design. Right? Yeah, yeah, but it like uh, it's it's not, not like she I went off and started a studio. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I think it's I think it's interesting that people in our industry are branching out, starting right. cafes, things that you would normally categorize them right. as doing, which right. I think is pretty cool because they have probably a different perspective. Um, so we're probably running on time. I have no idea. And it's almost two o'clock and you've been here since 12. So I want to, I want to be mindful of your time. Um, there's three questions that we ask at the end. First is, uh, you're on, you've got all this knowledge now, right? This 10 plus years of, of work experience, all this kind of stuff. 15, <laughs> 15. Um, if you were to go back to yourself, whether it was you going to the museum, you doing beastie boys videos, or you in uh in the military and give yourself some like here's some tidbits here's secret lotto numbers anything what would you tell yourself that's uh, i don't know <laughs> that's a good question um i probably would say that um i should probably do a little more music <laughs> that's fair do you do you play instruments now i don't that's the problem oh wait no but you i dj a little yeah but that's okay. not enough um, I probably should because you, you publish those mixes sometimes on SoundCloud. That's right. Yeah. Um, but I probably would have wanted to get uh, like, and that I probably should, I, <laughs> then I should just start now, but I don't, uh, but, um, I would like, I, I should have continued 
practicing um, whatever I played because I played a bunch of shit, but uh, oh, wow. I never okay. I never followed up on that. Um, take things sometimes a little less seriously. I sometimes take them too seriously. Sure. Um, no, that's fair. I honestly wouldn't change anything, so it's yeah, of, yeah, yeah. Um, so then, okay, the the flip side, the the second question, and sort of the inverse, in my opinion, of that question is. Um, if, if you were speaking on a panel and afterwards, or it came in through email, doesn't matter, a young designer, you know, fresh out of college or about to graduate college asks you for, you know, what should I do? What should I know? Whatever. What, are there any tidbits you might give them? Yeah. Don't try to know, just do. Yeah. Um, I get that a lot. There's nothing really, where should I go? What should I read? What should I understand? What should I, this, what should I like? I don't know. Just do something yeah. and then that bounces you to something else and then that bounces you to something else. And then the only way that I personally can learn is, and this is me personally, other people need different things. So mm-hmm. I can only speak for myself, but um, I can't learn from just reading or, or observing or whatever I need to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and I need to learn from mistakes in order to understand what, what's how to, how to do things. Sure. Um, and that's the only way to do that is through experience. So yeah. I would say just get experience in something. <laughs> yeah. Just start somewhere. It could be the wrong place. Sure. But you'll you'll know why it's the wrong place yep. once you do it. And but, at the very my mom used to say, like, you know, try stuff. At the very least, you'll you'll realize the thing. You'll you'll gather a list of things that you don't like, which helps you figure out what you do. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Um, so the last question is a super fun time question, which has nothing to do with the show. Um, and I thought about it, and you have a musical background, so in sync or backstreet boys? Uh, backstreet boys. <laughs> why? Backstreet Boys. Backstreet Boys is as um, Nick Carter and oh, AJ. In sync or in sync is just New Timberland. Kids on the Block. Okay, all right. I'll That's give you my that. answer. <laughs> New Kids on yeah, the Block. Yeah, because they were like uh, the original. I guess they, they I, were, I don't know much about that. I remember that buying era. a CD for my friend that yeah. lived in Israel. I lived in the, in the uh-huh. states and then back then in New York, and mm-hmm. we went to Tower Records. And I remember what am I? I was into classical music back then. Oh wow! Okay. So I didn't even know what's cool or not cool. Yeah. Or, um, and like, well, we need to buy the kid a CD. Mm-hmm. My mom said, let's just buy music. I'm like, okay, what do we buy? Like, I you kids on the block. Yeah. So I picked that up and like, yeah, I heard, I think it was like, what's, what's their song? I have no um, idea. Oh God. Uh, the white stuff or the something like that. Or yeah, yeah. Yeah. The right stuff. Uh, yeah. The white stuff is, um, weird, weird Al. Sorry. That's, oh. <laughs> uh, that's a different thing. That's also cocaine. I think. <laughs> it's yeah. yeah. Um, so, uh, uh, New York, New Kids on the Block. That's right. my answer. Very cool. Um, your own, where can people find you on the internet? Um, on Twitter. Okay. Yarcom. How, how, how did that name come up? My, that was when we, I think it was ICQ or some okay. random old shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, my buddy was called Itakon or something like that. I'm like, okay, Yarcom. <laughs> Um, and I've used that ever since. So Yarcom on Twitter, mm-hmm. um, my website though, it's kind of really, it's, there's it still tumbleweeds really good, all over that place. No, I, I, you, I the, the experience of like going through each one and we talked about before, but the fact that you have like a, here's how you pronounce my name thing. Sure. Yeah. I think it's you can actually go there and if you ever approach me, make sure that not, <laughs> um, you can go to the pronounced on your channel.com. Yeah. Um, that's it. Email. I don't know. Cool. Well, thanks for being on the show, man. I really thanks appreciate it. Thanks for having me. That was fun. Yeah.